Before we get going this week, I thought I'd just remind you that I'm a certified business strategist who's been in property for over 25 years. I know my clients shortcut their success by being laser focused through strategy and mentoring, as no one business model fits us all because funding, geography, skill set, it all plays a part in deciding what works for you. Getting it wrong can definitely damage your wealth. If you're serious about property, then your first step is a call with me. Nothing more difficult than following the link in the show notes to book it. This is the Property Solopreneur podcast and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. And welcome to this week's episode of the Property Solopreneur. Now, I've recently been featured in Authority magazine where I was asked about what my top five tips for buying, refurbishing and flipping properties were. And the number one tip I gave was that you'll need access to funds. doesn't matter where you're starting from. At some point, you will need funds. Now, most people entering the property world deny this. I know I did because you can't envisage when you start just how exciting and how much you will want to do. And the whole concept, frankly, is they're just a little bit yucky, if truthful. You know, you think money is somehow miraculously going to appear. And the whole universal provide concept is really quite attractive at this point. Or you'll just get bank or bridging or a lovely angel investor will suddenly appear from nowhere. But here's the thing, you know, woo-woo or not, the universe does provide, but only to those that help themselves. Now, Banks, bridging companies and angel investors do not invest in inept customers. Well, not more than once if they can help it. And they don't invest in those that never show off their wares or those who refuse to create the environment that welcomes incoming investment. Do you know, you can be the best sourcer known to man. You can be the best organiser of teams. You can have the design flair of Lord Rogers. But with no money, you're going to stall sooner or later. And that's actually the nub of it. Game over. No more lovely properties to buy and make money from. Our future financial freedom and wealth comes from us leveraging our knowledge. And to do that, we need to have access to funds to enable us to go on buying and creating the portfolio and paying down as we've planned in our business plan. So what do we need to do? Well, I think we all need to stop hiding our light under a bushel, to use a biblical phrase. You know, have an investor morning, afternoon, day, evening, for as long or as short as you want. Now, if you're currently at this precise moment recoiling in horror or smiling to yourself and saying, no, not for me, I'm special. Well, then let me put it this way. What's the aim of an investor day? The aim is simple to allow the universe to supply you with a steady stream of ready, able and willing investors who get you, who want to invest in you, not your friend who also does property, you. And before we go any further, let's look at all those objections. 
Now, the reason for this episode is very simple. I work with a fabulously successful and enthusiastic group of investors and developers. And they do just about every type of property work you can possibly think of. But in my accountability calls, the same topic has been coming up since just before lockdown was lifted. Investor days, or rather the lack of them, or even worse, ones that happen but don't produce the goods. You know, I hear just about any excuse under the sun as to why they do or they don't happen. And so let's look at the top five problems. The first is I've never done one. It's a good enough excuse, I suppose. It all sounds just too difficult. Well, the great thing is that there's no rule about how and what you have to do. Um, but if you've never done one, listen on, because I'm going to go through what it has to be done and how you do it. So that excuse is going to be gone by the end of this podcast. The second one, I'm just too busy. I've got so much on. I, you know, when would I do a you know an investor day? Come on, where? Wow, did I just hallucinate or something? Would you say that, that you were too busy if it was a visit to the bank manager or the mortgage broker? I don't think so. Because I know that dealing with either of those two take far more preparation and time to do than just an investor day because, you know, bridging or a work a conversation with the bank manager, you're going to have to have an awful lot of bits of paper. So don't think it's a five minute job. So this tells me a couple of things. You're either not in control of your time or you're trying too hard and you keep reinventing the wheel. And investor days actually are the same time and time again. You design it, then you press the implement button and it will happen. Just think about it. Are you too busy when you're working to write up a schedule of works? No, I thought not. Yet actually that takes up far more time than planning an investor day. I think it's more of a failure of understanding that this is a vital action. You know, it's as important as the time you spend poring over right moves, spreadsheets, networking sessions. Oh, I do hope they're in your diary. If it's time that is stopping you from doing investor days, then you need to get out of your own way and make sure that you can succeed. And I know because I hear about it. The most successful property peeps are those who are making the most money. And guess what? Yes. I hear their names time and time again from people who have just been to one of these really busy people's investor days. And gosh, they're raving about it. You know, they can rattle off how amazing it was, who they met, what they saw, yada, yada, yada. In fact, they are just walking marketing for whoever held the investor day. It proves it works. So if the most successful property peeps have time to do investor days, it's why they're so successful. It's part of the job. And you've got to take this on board as well. You know, property's not just about the bricks and mortar. It's about all the fluffy stuff around the outside as well. Third one, which always makes me laugh, is, well, I've got no one to invite. What? <laughs> You're an orphan with no friends. Are you Billy No Mates? I don't think that's going to work with me. Of course you've got people who will come. They won't only come, but frankly, they're going to bite your hand off to see what you've been doing. Draw up a list of all those people who are in your corner wanting to cheer you on. Now, get 20 names on your list. You only need six to be rent a crowd and get going. And what you've been doing is three things. You're getting used to doing this whole investor bit. You're creating amazing photos for your future social media. 
And actually, do you know, you're proving to friends and relations that this isn't a vanity project. You're really good at this stuff. The fourth excuse is, well, I did one actually, but it was a failure. Really? Why was that? Well, if the answer was, well, no one came, then it's very simple. It wasn't advertised properly, your heart wasn't in it, and you didn't do the preparation work correctly. So take the learnings that you got from that, start again and make it a success. What if it was it was unmanageable? Somebody said that to me. It was all unmanageable. It got out of control and it didn't do what I wanted it to do. Well, it's very simple. You were the one organising it. You should have been in control. So write a better agenda and do it again. The third, of course, idea about the one that was a failure is it went okay, but there was no response to it. And well, I rather proved it didn't work. No, that says to me that you got the day right, but your follow-up was poor or non-existent. And this was a touch point. And if this was the first time those lucky people could interact with you and you didn't follow them up, well, that was the failure, not your day, not the fact you got them around your property to have a look at it. A failure to capitalise on what you have achieved and to do it again is the problem. So you've got to get it right first time and then it's back to our friend, the cookie cutter, and do it again and again. I think this is why property is so marvellous. You know, most of us have not done half the things we need to do when we start property, but we learn how to do something new. We perfect it and then we do it again and again and again because that's what works. Investor days are absolutely no different. And the fifth reason I don't do them is, well, it was a huge success on the day. I had a huge number of people there. They loved it. Oh, I met, I mean, just Rachel. It was so buzzy. It was brilliant. We had a fantastic time. We all had great fun. But it cost me and I got nothing back. So again, I've proved that it just doesn't work. Well, yes, I will agree. This is a lot more dispiriting. But the good news is that you are definitely nearly there. Let's unpick that. A huge success on the day. Great. Well, you've clearly got lots of people who can come on your list and will want to come again and see what you're doing. So that's a tick there. Oh, note to the wise here. Trim your list of anyone who's not ever likely to invest in you in your early days because you don't need to entertain them. If you have a fellow investor friend who's on your list that you know is actively hunting down every last brass farthing from anyone who could possibly lend to them, don't invite them. This is because in their eyes, this is a networking opportunity and you've given them permission by inviting them to poach your room for money. You're in business here. There's no room for niceness and naivety when it comes to making sure that the money comes to you if it's your due. A large number of people, mm, starting to ring a few bells here. Could you perhaps have overdone it? Because it's all about the sweet spot. So much in life is, isn't it? Enough to drum up enough information and a FOMO fear and that buzz that people get when there's enough of you in the room, but small enough to ensure that no one's overlooked by you personally for you to interact with. You know, everyone wants to be touched and felt. They want to feel loved. And of course, that other little phrase which I heard there was, we all had great fun. Why? It's not a social do. This is a, this is what I do do. If you want a bit of the action, invest in me do. That's what it's all about. It's not all about having fun. It's great to enjoy the day, but that's not its key point. It's not a social activity. And 
the last reason was it cost me money and I got nothing back. Well, goodwill is not to be sneezed at. And I bet you had lots of potential investors and JV partners in that room. It was just that it was such good fun that the business bit of it all got overlooked. Nah, not buying the that excuse either. It's a rinse and repeat with smaller, crisper invitation lists and get working. You've got the skills. If you've got people into the room once, you're clearly good at this. You've just got to perfect it. Well, how do I get it right? I'm a huge fan of not inventing the wheel. Other people call me lazy. I just go, I can see what works from other people. I'm going to rinse and repeat their idea. So have you been to one? I know I did before I did any. What did I like? You know, I worked out what they did on the follow-up, what they did the next day. And if you're in business, you've got to keep your eyes open and see what's going on all around you and just pluck from everybody else the bits that you like and know you can do. Because if you create something that's never been done before, the chances are it's not going to do what you want it to do. And to be quite honest, we all want to do the property bit. We really don't want to spend a lot of time working out how to do something new and creative for an investor day. It's not worth it. So first of all, what are you calling it? Now, I think this might be the biggest and most unintentional turnoff you can make. People do tell me that they invite their friends and their friends say, no, thank you very much. I'm not coming because they don't see themselves as investors. Well, I can quite see why. Oh, wow. I should think they feel severely under pressure. All that your friends can see when you go, hey, come to my investor day is the end of a fabulous friendship and pound signs in your eyes. So, yes, I know we all call them investor days because that's what they are to us, that of all of us who need investment. It's an industry thing. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter what the industry calls them. It's what the customer sees that matters. So investor days are open day, site visit days, come and see what I do days. It's up to you. Create something new. But, you know, as I've said before, go with the flow, call it an open day. Not a hint of give me your money. No, create a safe, interesting, fun time where you are letting people have the opportunity to see what you can do. And if they are lucky, because you're only going to work with the people you like and trust, then they will get the chance to make money with you, be it as an angel investor or as a JV partner. Oh, I prefer to think of those lovely people wanting to lend me money as an angel investor, because that's what they're doing. They lend you money to invest in your business just unlike other businesses, you buy bricks and mortar rather than widgets or create a service. And that sometimes means that we call them just straightforward investors. And that's a bit brutal, really, isn't it? So name problem solved. Now let's talk time. It doesn't have to be long. It depends on what you're doing and where you're going. So if you're inviting people to a site, it's only going to be a couple of hours, nothing more, if that, because you don't want all these people roaming around your site, do you? Gosh, health and safety would have a fit. So these days, whatever you're going to do, start right back on the planning board. So for instance, if you have got a date of completion on any project, that date goes in the diary and you straight away get investor days penciled in that you are going to start inviting for. Because unless this is your first ever property renovation, then you're probably going to have other sites open at the same time. Well, that's fantastic. That's getting the marketing train on the rails and the emails need to start going out. Because again, stop thinking of this as a really difficult thing. It's just part of your marketing. So emails with an invitation need to go out regularly. And then when the emails have gone out, get on the phone and follow up. 
find several helpers. If you've got property friends you can trust, then you do their day as a helper and they'll do yours. That's fantastic. Nobody will poach anybody's money from the room. Make lists and give them tasks. So, you know, the drink maker, the callback sheet holder, the question answerer, and most importantly, the photo taker. This you're going to need for all those ongoing social media ideas, because seeing somebody had an open day which you weren't at is brilliant because it makes you go, I've missed out. I have got to get on that list. And when you've got the last visitor out of the door, have a drink and a debrief with your team. This is the moment when you go, right, who was rude? Who was difficult? Who was negative? Yep. You know what I'm going to say. It doesn't matter how much money they've got, cross them off the list. You do not want to work with them. Who wanted your undivided attention after the end of the tour, but wouldn't engage earlier? Oh, diva signs. Another one crossed off. This whole activity, Investor Days, is not just about getting money. It's a crossing off activity. It's about weeding out those you don't want to work with and finding the ones that you do. So let's talk about what you're inviting them to. Well, the most valuable one is the grime tour. Ask any seasoned developer, non-property peeps love a grime tour. You know, they never get to go into a building that's undergoing a strip out and renovation. And it's a tangible sign of making money and they love it. I mean, how clever are you to be able to do this? They can't do that. You know, and A4 sheets of paper stuck on the wall showing what's going to happen, you know, changes of walls, etc. Budgets, profits. This is all gold dust. It's bread and butter to you. But, you know, it's the holy grail to them. They've never seen it before. And if you're still at the stage when everyone needs PPE, it's dressing up time. OMG, that is so exciting to a non-property person. You know, hard hat, high viz, sensible boots and safety glasses. You know, it really can't get any better than that. That's dinner party boasting for weeks to come. Then you get on to the next stage the clean but still undergoing work tour. You know, this is where you can show off your knowledge of the building that's, you know, hidden, the stuff that goes on but you never see once it's all finished. You can point out the padstone under the RSJ, you know, the new lintels over the French windows. You can show them the removed walls and where you've created new ones, moved stairs, extensions, completely new wet rooms. Oh, and don't forget, at this point, when you are between fixes and things, if you are newly plastered, let everyone stroke the plaster. It's extremely tactile. Everybody loves doing it. And people remember things that they touch and smell. And then finally, of course, there's the, oh, it's so so lovely. It's ready to go on the market tour. You know, it's dressed and ready to go out of the door to either a rental or a sale. You know, this is proof of the pudding. Now, it's the most exciting to all of us, isn't it? It isn't to the crowd, though. You know, they've seen all this sort of stuff before. Now, in order to make sure they realise just how brilliant I am at this sort of stuff, have a movable display board. I had those cardboard fold-up-y things from the craft shop. They stood about four foot tall and wide. And they had pictures before and after and now of the renovation. So they can see the journey. Sadly, they can't smell just how bad it was at the beginning, but they'll take my word for it. Anything that visually shouts, I am a clever dick at this. I'm great at making money out of property. And you can too, if you invest in me. It's all about letting your product do the talking. Because most of us are not natural salesmen. So let the sight, the touch and the smell do all the work for you. But 
to turn all these visits into cash, you've got to be really strategic. So you need an agenda, make one and stick to it each time you do that sort of visit. So you don't have to rethink what you're going to do. And you can then make sure you stick to the time. You don't want to be still doing the introduction two hours after you've started. Provide the tea and coffee at a cafe for chats if needs be. It doesn't have to be on site. I often used to go to the Emma Bridgewater factory in Stoke. And don't forget, if you're in the last type, the beautiful house um, visit, those little blue pull-on booties for finished properties. You know, mud is not a good look and it takes a lot of time to remove out a brand new carpet. And the funny thing is, no one will take their shoes off if they've got a hole in their sock. And trust me, a lot of people have holes in their socks. I've seen them. So don't let them leave without a site visit pack. Again, none of this is difficult. So it's a deal sheet. Well, you've got one of those. A CV about you, how people can work with you so you can start to plant the seed when they're away from you and they can work out what they want to ask next. Some back history on one or two other deals to show that this isn't a one off. Any press pieces or just one or two if you've got it. And make sure that there's a clipboard lurking around with one of your elves to make sure that they can be booked in for a follow up call. This means that when you call them tomorrow to talk about all these exciting things in the pack and what they've seen, they're going to be expecting you to call because it takes a lot of touches to make people feel comfortable. Don't hurry the slow adopters. They're enjoying the journey because now the hard work starts. You've got to follow up the call booked in with you on the day and make sure that you either book them into the next investor call or you take them to the next stage further when they want to lend you some money or perhaps you need to have a discussion about JV partnership. So you send off a thank you email to each one who came and invite them straight away to something else. Get the ball rolling because they are talking to you and you don't want to close anything down. Get them booked back in the diary for a conversation. And for those who wanted to come and couldn't, Right. Well, send them an email saying just what they missed with a few photos. You know, FOMO. It, gosh, FOMO will be everywhere. And then ring them again and give them the opportunity to book on to the next one. They will be even keener than those who came the first time. So now you've got an engaged email list. So you've got to nurture, 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 stroke it. You've made an effort. Don't waste the effort. Each one of those sites is an email opportunity. And each time one of your sites is completed, it will crystallise the figures. And this is your proof. This is your proof as why they've absolutely got to invest in you and not in someone else. So if it's finished, it goes on your list. And what it says is, this is actually how much profit my JV partner made. And this is how much profit my angel investor made. And you don't have to say those words because it's on your email list saying, we've just finished this site. This is how much it rented out for. This is how much it sold. Nothing icky about that, is it? Because you're used to doing a deal sheet. You don't have to do this. You don't have to say, you too could have made this if you'd invested in me. The pictures and the figures do all the hard work for you, but they couldn't have done if you hadn't have had your investor day. So the two things go side by side. So investor days, are you still not doing them? Well, have fun then with the endless form filling and meetings with the number crunchers then. You know, money has got to come from somewhere and you can't just hope that it'll turn up out of the blue. If it does, it's probably got strings attached. 
Marketing is a really important part of the whole property thing. And so many of us overlook it because it's not what's sold to us at the beginning when we first start doing it. Remember, property is a people business. We all know that, but somehow we overlook it. And the funding part of it is crucial to scale and being able to do the next deal and the next deal and the one after that. Because if you're as passionate about making property profit, then you've got to make sure that you can keep doing those deals one after another and you don't have to give them away to somebody else. Now, the first day is the hardest. Then it's like riding a bike. You put the dates in your diary, you send off the emails, you get the guest list organised, you get the helpers on site, you print off the packs, you make the display sheets for the walls or the dot boards, you pick up the box of the cups. I keep all that stuff in one thing. I don't try and find it from somewhere else. You've got the drink stuff and you get to the starting point early and just wait, meet those people and make them happy. So if you push through that first time embarrassment of telling the world what you do, of standing in front of a small crowd wanting to know more. The money will come. It has to come because you're good at it. And that's what they're looking for, an investment opportunity. You really don't have to spell it out very hard. So you will now be able to do more deals with less stress because the money is coming into your bank or you have a funding partner. And the more deals you do, the more profit you will make. And then you really will be on your way to being a very successful property solopreneur. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist. If you found my stories inspiring and my content useful, then come find out more about my mentoring and strategy sessions by going to www.racheltroughton.com and book a discovery call with me. The banner link is on every page. Come and create and grow your own property business. That's the shortcut to success.